All right, guys, tonight we're going to be talking about the current Warzone meta, games we've been playing, Fractured Minds, Days Gone, Clint's super secret game that he hasn't told us about. And at the end of the episode, we're going to be talking about the new Marvel show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it spoiled, we'll give you plenty of warning before we start. Those are our topics tonight, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Good Game Radio. I'm Tony and with me tonight are Clint and Vance. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing absolutely amazing. Vance, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So what's new? Uh, you guys been playing anything? Uh, Clint, you and I played uh, Warzone the other day. That was pretty fun. I, I was watching you play with your buddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Vance, you might not know this, but Tony uh, was absolutely adorable in Warzone. Uh, we tried to get his uh, loadout set up. I was like, "Use, put these attachments on. Just trust me. You're going to need it, right? And then I was like, we got to make sure we get you set up with a ghost class because, you know, my buddy is always going to run ghosts. Like, I can't even do restock or anything else if I'm if I'm playing. I have to do yeah. ghosts because everyone's on the squad is going to do ghosts, right? And Tony, <laughs> Tony set up his overkill class, you know, so he had, he was doing a M4 and an MP5, like a season, you know, season two, season whatever, like nine, ten month old loadout. Right. And then uh, he never got his ghost. Did you get it the entire time, Tony? No, I did. I, I, I got it several times. Okay. Because I know that at least twice I asked you, told you get ghosts. You were like, nope. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> nope. Who needs ghosts? Hey, no, Tony just wants, he wants to be a bullet magnet. So, so let me just jump in there. here real quick and, and discuss the irony of what yeah. you just said. You held my hand as we oh, yeah. uh, went through the attachments, you know, to my M4 and, um, <laughs> and then my uh, MP5. And you mm. talked up each attachment. You told me what it was good for. And, and you gave me all the details. Now, I want you to realize the irony here, okay? Because, you know. <laughs> I am an ex-Special Forces, just saying. And I'm sitting here getting a lesson from you on all the attachments for the weapons <laughs> to put on my gun and exactly, you know, how to use them from, I'm pretty sure, you have never served in, in a civilian, unit, right? You're a civilian, right? So, uh, allegedly, yeah. yeah you're allegedly. alleged, alleged civilian. <laughs> uh, there was some discussion about Navy SEALs or something the other day, but uh, he's a five-star civilian. Yeah, no, hey, that's stuff super secret, right? <laughs> but I, I, I was chuckling to myself as you were going through all that stuff, and I'm thinking, this is so funny because I guess it just goes to show uh, the the difference between a you know, video game. And real life. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you see, Activision never bothered to actually ensure that what the gun attachment says it's going to do, it's going to actually do. Okay. So you kind of, like, if you were to go through and build uh, your loadout with only reading what it says the these different parts of the, of the gun do, you're going to be screwed um, because it's going to do the opposite or it's going to affect this and not that or whatever else. It's one of the, like, it's it's actually really annoying because you want to just be able to pick what is the best, right? Like, oh, right. this is, I want to, when I pick it, I want it to do what it's telling me it's going to do. 
and it absolutely does not. I mean, that's it's it's. <laughs> well, I appreciate very you, you played it way more than I do, so I have no clue how any of that stuff's going to handle so, and then what the meta so, is. For the FFAR. Uh, <laughs> FFAR. Okay, and here's F-F-A-R. the thing: if you build an FFAR the way you think you want it, you will be wrong. What you have to do, what is a requirement before you can play Warzone effective, like with an effective loadout, is go to YouTube and type in JGod and see what what testing he's done, or you go to True Game uh, True Game Data, because these guys spend hours getting into Warzone and testing these parts to tell us they're doing the exact opposite of what they say they're doing. Or this one, which says it does this, actually does this really crazy, insane thing, so you have to use this attachment if you want to compete. It's a, I don't know, it's, it's a very broken game in a lot of ways, and just trying to help you out, buddy. <laughs> hey, I yeah. appreciate it. Like, the way they set it, it was up fun. is... I, I don't have to think like, about it. You did all the thinking for me. <laughs> it was like, they, they pretty much want you to spend money. That's what... That's that's like what all the streamers say. It's like just like uh, Clinton saying, like you can you can actually go and see what the the gun is, skins and all that, whatever they have on it. You can build that exact same gun and it still won't hit like they do with the skins and all that. So it's like they literally want you to buy these guns, like so you can be you know, cause you you won't go into a match and see like you know like a top streamer somebody get like 18, 20 kills with like. A green gun just picking up like a green gun like they all they all have whatever the the new skin is this month this week whatever that's what they rock it's it's cheesy you know what i'm saying <laughs> but it's activision so, so i'll tell you to, to that point i really was looking for a good secondary and I, uh, for one of my classes you know i have a m4 that i've been using in warzone for a long time and i haven't really even been using it recently because the ffar is so broken but i paired it with a, i wanted to try the new smg it's called the LC-10, and uh, I had it—you know—I already had it max level, had my attachments chosen, and the thing's a laser beam. It's just not as powerful up close, uh, but it definitely kind of fits. You have to—you you have to use it in the correct circumstances. But it's a very good gun. But when I got, uh, I think either level 95 or uh, 100 in the battle pass, I unlocked a skin variant for that gun, and absolutely the first thing I did is go in and. and put my exact same loadout, my exact same parts on the gun, but with the skin. I haven't heard that it has uh, any sort of advantages, but because that's happened so many times right. where they've, uh, you know, the, the, the skinned version or the, you know, the purchase, you know, one that costs money somehow is better. That was like the first thing I did is, well, let me go make sure my LC-10 is the poison, you know, frog variant or whatever it is, poison dart or whatever. Um, I don't even think I've shot it since because, you know, if you're not running AUG FFAR or uh, Car 98 FFAR, you're not, you know, you're not competing. I, um, it reminds me back when I used to play, uh, uh, tournament card games and like, uh, magic and, uh, world of Warcraft. There was always a meta, and every time there was a new set of cards that would drop, the first couple of weeks, the pros would, you know, figure out what the meta was going to be, or they would figure out what the dominant cards were going to be, and they would set up their decks to be, you know, all similar. Because they, you know, they played as teams, right? So they would go to tournaments, and then they would practice endlessly against each other, and then they would figure out what the meta was going to be. And then what I always hated about the whole thing was, because I was never really a serious you know, tournament player. I, I went to the tournaments and played, but I was pretty much fodder for everybody else. What I hated was the fact that once the meta is set, everybody runs the same thing. So yes. you're going to run this type of deck with these cards, and it has to be in this specific order, uh, uh, number, 
of particular cards or whatever, and it should counter this type of deck. And the changes only came with like one card here or one card there, you know. So for a whole three or four month period, whatever the season would be, the meta would be, you know, these particular cards that you would run. So the same thing with a game like Call of Duty or something like that. Once the meta's set, everybody runs the same stuff. It's like it takes all the creativity, like all the, all the in the in the card game, you know, you could put together really creative decks that do all kinds of really fun stuff or whatever, but you could never really seriously play with them in a tournament, right? Because you would just get run over by typically like what they either call it speed decks or control decks or just, you know, super control decks or whatever. It's just depending what the meta was. So uh, if you actually were going to play in a tournament, you, you, you had to be at least in the meta or come up with a way to, you know, creatively counter the meta. So you couldn't really be creative. Same way with, yeah. it sounds like with Call of Duty, you know, you have the meta that's established and everybody's going to do the same thing. It's very common that it shakes out that way. Vance, did you have input on that? Uh, yeah, it's like, <clears throat> man, with the, to, to count to uh, counter all that, man, is teamwork. Like that's that's the best thing I can I can I can suggest, man. But I mean, I blame the companies because it's like, you know, they have updates and stuff like that where they can level, you know, different guns or they can make different guns stronger, whatever like that. And if it gets to the point where you know, I really care about the product that I put now. I'll do an update every week. Like I, like I don't care. Like you know, I'm not gonna sit here and you know it's like because, you know, we all have actual lives to do, but you know we don't stream 24/7. That's not our job. So it's like you know we're we're only gonna set like the one percent like kind of high. Like I don't get that at all. You know, but that's up to us as you know the people who buy the game or play the game. Like. We don't play, they don't make money, so still, it's, it's, you know, we have that power to control what the meta is, I feel. What I think is, is so interesting about the meta, and that's, it's not, uh, you know, with Tony's example being an excellent, uh, an excellent one, it's not exclusive to uh, video games or shooters or whatever, that is, it's become a very common thing. But what I think we find now is that these uh, companies, their profits and their like metrics, what they're looking for is, you know, a large amount of players and a large amount of time spent playing. And they're going to push their updates and, and their uh, the changes are going to be based on getting more people to play for longer. And when they introduce something like that, that changes the meta, um, in this case, like a new card in the Magic the Gathering, I think you said. Right. That is something that... Um, and that's offline, but online, when there's a change, those people are playing on the servers, right? The active player base, the, what is it, daily active users and all that is going up because those people are tr experimenting and they're trying to find out how does this new, th new aspect of the game synergize with what we already have and, or how does it disrupt right. the synergies? Well, it's typically the and pro, it's typically the pro players that are going to establish the meta, right? So because they're the ones who are, it's basically their full-time job almost, right? So it's like, they're the ones spending the time figuring out, that's why we always see you stream a uh, YouTube video from a high-profile high streamer that's saying, this sniper is so broken, you know? Yeah, this uh, sniper is meta, sniper is meta, that's the thing. And that's actually the exact point I was getting to is that when you go on YouTube and these extremely high-skilled players all of their all of their YouTube videos are clickbait about this gun is powerful. 
this gun is, you know, the, it's all these off-meta guns. And the only reason that they're using the off-meta gun is to make a video, you know, to, to get you to watch it, to convince you it's better than the meta when it is absolutely not, like 99% of the time. And so it's now that whole, you know, aspect of creation on these YouTube channels is based on the meta and then countering the meta. And then, but when it comes down to it, when they're playing in a tournament, they are going to go, you know, hardcore to the meta with, you know, no variation. When you watch these high-level uh, Warzone players, for example, who are in a tournament, they are using the absolute meta. They're going to be, like right now, it's going to be an AUG FFAR. Before that, it was a DMR uh, MAC-10, right. you know. Uh, before that, it was the, uh, so, I can't even think of so it. So, how? Yeah. I mean, so how you count, how do you counter the meta, per se? So, what you were saying, Vance, is you got to do it as a team. So, usually, right. what, what, <clears throat> what, usually whatever the meta is, um, you, there, there is a counter to the meta. Right. What you what you have to have is a team that's going to run the counters to the meta in a, in a way that they're blocking for you. Uh, you're say you're the designated team captain, right? You're going to be running with guys who are equipped to counter the meta themselves, right? And they might be just be right. can, they just might be cannon fodder to disrupt the meta to the point where that allows you who are now equipped with something counter. So uh, counter to the meta, but not – so when I say counter, I'm like the equipment or the, the loadout that's going to counter the meta, but then you, you're not running that. You're running something maybe a little bit tweaked to that that's going to be hard to do <coughs> on its own. So, right. I mean, that's – I right. don't know. I don't, I'm not a professional Warzone player. I, maybe that's not how it works with, you know, video games or whatever, but in what I've seen in the card tournaments and stuff like that, yeah, usually you have uh, – teams that are set up that's how they set their teams up so you have you know guys that are going to go in and blow up the meta and allow right. for designated players within the team to continue <clears throat> on their path to whatever the championship is or whatever, with us with kind of a separate build because I, I mean with, you figure uh, this oh, oh keep going no no go ahead vance okay so so like with uh with ghosts like oh, i know we saw with ghosts earlier to me, ghosts is to to stop people who are, let's say, camping. Because if somebody know you're coming, then they can get positioned or whatever like that. But in Activision and let's say game world, that's not always true. Because if I'm busting, let's say, thirty shots at you, and I'm hitting you in the leg, and you know the goddamn chest, and somebody turn around and they hit you with twenty shots in the head, they're gonna drop you quicker. You know, so it's like I see like a lot of people who don't even run ghosts just because they're so confident in their ability to drop individuals. You know, like like that's what like hey, I'm gonna go get twenty, twenty five kills and they go get twenty five kills. I watched the scene the other night, they had eighty five kills. Eighty five kills and I'm like they like the lowest person had like eighteen um kills and I'm like, that's crazy. Like another video, like a team had hundred and sixteen kills. Like <laughs> like yeah. that's insane. And they're just pushing, 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 like Man, I don't and, care if you and, see, but you gonna get this work. <laughs> and well, and those those guys that are in those games, uh, getting those high kills, they are generally not running ghost, and they're not running ghost for the very uh, for the same reason that people do run ghost, um, is because they want to be found, right? So they want people to start taking a shot at them because it doesn't matter if they don't get the first shot, they're still gonna get the kill. A lot of them run restock, you know, or or even. Uh, 
whatever this other one is. I can't think of it. Uh, where it's uh, if you if someone t aims down sight at you, uh, it uh, it triggers an alert on your screen. You know, so you don't ha you don't have to be looking towards them or anything. You've been in a menu and you'll get a flash on your screen that someone's aiming at you. But what as, as far as countering the meta, the best players, uh, like an example is Iron. Now Iron is a Warzone professional streamer. He has the most wins on any platform. It's over 3,000 wins. And this guy is gonna like if he goes into a game, he wins like all. I think it's more than 50% of his games. It's absolutely crazy. And what he does is he always is putting himself in the best position on the map. He runs a sniper and whatever else, and um, he controls where the where the uh, where he's fighting people. This guy could have only a sniper, not a backup, and win games where you know there's hardly anyone else in the world that could. And the reason is, is because he is going to have the proper positioning. Um, if you can control the positioning, it doesn't matter if the other guy's got an FFAR, you know, because you're going to be at the distance where that's not effective. And the other counters to the meta that you see is riot shielders. You know, these guys are just going to be okay. Well, you can shoot me as much as you want, but you're not going to be able to do any damage to me, and I can get to the position <laughs> and I can stun you or whatever. So you can have a riot shield on your back and a fire shotgun, you know, in in in, in your hand, and sit in a you know a, a bathroom of a of a house in the center of the circle, you know, or whatever the entire time. That is also counter to the meta, um, but. The, the reality is when it's when you're talking about the meta is that's going to be what is addressing most situations that you get into. And that's why when you have like an AUG FFAR right now, you have your medium long range with the AUG and then you've got your close range with the FFAR. And so as long as if you're accidentally, you know, in a, in a firefight with someone or you stumble upon someone, you're equipped for that. And the only way that you break that, like Iron, for example, is that he is always in control of when and where he's having uh, these these uh, fights and these interactions. So I don't know. It, it's it's the the meta is a little frustrating because it's just you can only run one thing. It doesn't matter what you want to run. You have one option. <clears throat> right. See, and my new class uh, that I have, I have the FFAR with the I think it's a three burst um pistol, but I now run uh, Simtech. I used to run Molotovs, but um, uh, I ran up against a guy with a riot shield. I hit him with like two Molotovs and like nothing. But um, one time I accidentally picked up a Simtech, threw it at him, and I got to knock down. I was like, that's what I'm used. So now it's like I'm building my class, you know, to like fight the snipers, fight the goddamn FFARs, and fight the riot shields. So it's like you just have to, you know, you, but the thing is, People can't be afraid to do that, like, because, like, there's some people who is like, okay, let's say basketball, okay, I'm only a three-ball shooter. Like, that's all I'm going to do is shoot a three-ball. But if you know that they're giving you the two, then you have to adjust your game to take the two. So in, like, Call of Duty, you have people who can play a thousand games and never adjust, and it's like, you're not going to get anywhere like that, you know? So it's like that. Your team and, you know, your counter has, sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but are you trying to win? Or are you just trying to go over there and get dropped off? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> you I'm know, just trying to get dropped off. <laughs> and to have my hand held by you know Clint. Vance, right. have you uh, have you tried uh, thermites at all? Uh, yes, and I didn't like them. Um, because when everybody was trying to, I use Molotov. They all try to thermite, try to thermite. So I tried a thermite, and it's like I didn't like it. Like I feel like the explosion of the Molotov covers a larger area. So, 
Yeah. The only thing that's that's really good about the thermites is the vehicles, because it sticks to the vehicle and it just does insane damage to it. Uh, so if you're having issues with that, also it'll still take out the riot shielders. I don't run them either. I normally run Simtex too. Um, for a while, even after the nerf, I was running the C4s just because the Berthas are such a problem, especially in solos. Um, if you could throw a couple of Berthas on it, you could you could do some work. But or Berthas, you could throw a couple of C4s on it. But the, the Simtex, if I'm running a restock, I'm gonna do sun, uh, stun in the Simtex because the Simtex just gives you so much more you know uh, functionality. Yeah, it's like early in the map. I run the Pila just because um it's it's like you know open or whatever like that. Um, and, you know, gotta drop drop people off for me. Like Pila, I love it. But um when it's when it's like going to the end of the map, it's like that's when uh I I don't even bother like getting ghosts uh, only because everybody know you at. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean like I, I've I've learned how to read the map pretty good from uh Tony just playing like Fortnite. He can look at the map like once the first circle closed, he can probably get within a good 90% of where that that's going to end at. And I learned from him, you know, like, where's where the general area is going to be. So it's like, if you can get set up, then, you know, like, you won't have to hit me with some tricks to come get me. Like, and believe me, I've been watching some videos with some tricks, like cats, like, like riding on top of the car, like hitting the brakes, make the back pop up, jumping through windows. It's stupid. I'm like, get your freak yeah. out of here. Like, come on, man. Like, if you in my lobby, I don't need to be in there. You know what I'm saying? I need to, I need to go find another lobby to be in if, you know, I got people like that. Like, it's stupid. So I haven't played a lot of Warzone in a while, Clint uh, and Vance. Um, so for our audience, for the listeners out there, uh, since we've we've kind of – I've really hit upon i think a very interesting topic uh, the meta uh, what what would your what's your opinion what is the meta right now today for uh, warzone for uh for the weapons it's a hundred percent it's it, there there's three guns that are used in warzone and it is uh the car 98 uh least often the uh of the three uh, the AUG is the next, and then the absolute kind of necessity right now is the FFAR. And if you're using anything else than that, uh, you're going to find yourself in more situations than not at a disadvantage. There is still, uh, and, and also it depends on the, the skill set of your lobby, right? Like, I'll still use a, an M4 sometimes, and I told you I've been using the LC10, but that's way off meta. Like, even if I had the M4 and I had a, a, a Mac-10, that would be a, a little closer to the meta because every once in a while you still see a Mac-10, but the FFAR basically fills that position, you know, that, that need, and it has more range. It's only when you're right on top of somebody um, and you're both hitting all your shots that the Mac-10 can beat the FFAR, but I think it's just barely. Like, if a single shot misses or one hits, you know, the arm instead of the chest, then then the FFER can take that. But that's it. Three guns, dude. That's that's all you have. And what kills me with the FFER, everybody's running it with no optics. Like, they're hitting people from gate yeah. 19 yeah. to gate 4 with no optics. Like, they can hit you on the top of the parking deck with no optics. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, I, uh, I don't use an optic on it either, man, because my secondary is going to be for anything long range, you know. I... Uh, like if I have like the it's either the car 98 I have a class for that or I have a class with an aug and I really don't like the aug um, it's just so weird um, I even found that you know if, if 
if I know that I'm fighting somebody with an AUG, I will I will strafe, uh, just strafe fire them, and I will win like every time because it, it's it's because um, I can be strafing and still hitting my shots. I used it the other day, and I got uh, I got to so many fights with these people, and because they're burst firing at you. Uh, as long as you can identify where they are before they start murdering you, because if you don't see them and they get that first shot, the second one's already on the way, so you die so instantly. It's That's all it's really good for is that the, the second shot kills you as soon as you basically know that you're in a firefight. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I wish that – I kind of feel like I have to use it, at least in some of these, but – um, that's why I'm trying to use a little bit more of the car 98, but I feel like my sniping is lacking lately. <clears throat> I, I don't like the on. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, uh, Tony, what's your military background? Would you like to explain to the audience what strafing is? <laughs> yeah, we've just fired blindly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Spray and pray. Spray yeah. and pray. You know? <laughs> Man, this is this is this is like off subject, like what we're talking about. But man, like trusting teammates is 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 key too. Like like I mean, like you have to trust, like you know, like your call outs, man. And, and, and I mean, like um, there's a lot of times like you know you see people and like say, man, you're starting to strafe, but it's like you laying cover fire and people are scared. You're like, hey, go out there. I got the cover fire. Like I'm laying the guy down. You know, I'm hitting him with my military moves out here. You know, like, <laughs> like go out there, like go out there, man. But yeah, man, like, like it's so much we can say about what we're doing in Call of Duty, period. But something that I just thought about, like, do y'all feel that because of lack of of excitement about Cold War, like, people are still playing uh, Modern Warfare, people are still playing Warzone, that's why they're flipping through the guns to try to, because I see that they merged guns. Like, now you can do Cold War and you can do Modern Warfare guns inside of Warzone. That was one of the updates, like, a while back. Do you feel like like they're just trying to do do things now just because Cold War is kind of like dying? So, I I think with with this uh, whole Cold War integration, it, it's it's very interesting because the at first, almost all the guns from Cold War were horrendously bad in Warzone. They weren't balanced right. That none of them had the bullet velocity. It, it's it's as though they had not even played the other you know the other game before they integrated this thing because you would take like a, a krig or whatever uh one of the war, uh cold war guns into warzone and you start firing at somebody uh you know a, a couple hundred yards away and you like the bullet velocity was so low that even the tiniest bit of movement on their end and you'd completely miss uh, it was you could see all the tracers just sitting there, kind of floating towards them because it was so poorly, you know, so poorly put together. And still, almost all the parts don't work. Uh, that's what I was saying. Like the FFAR and these different parts do different things than what they say. That's because it's the integra it's integration problems, uh, and it's just it hasn't been done right. But I do think that uh, as far as Cold War dying. I think it has not. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I I can barely stand it. They really. I played some multiplayer today because I'm trying to unlock the uh, crossbow that just just re released, and I played half of the games needed uh, to to get it. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's check out some zombies. Just I can't. I you know, I can't enjoy multiplayer for for that long. But I think that their take of uh, trying to integrate these two together right now has been a pretty massive failure. And there's been a lot of talk about switching the engine over. So right now, when you play Warzone, it is on Modern Warfare's engine. 
but there has been talks for it's been months that they're saying that oh no it's going to go over to cold war's engine and cold war had uh they call it fire team dirty bomb which is like a it's like a really kind of fast-paced respawn war zone um i guess you could say um but it is you know in large maps like you know nearly war zone size i guess when you combine them so there's you know we've already seen like groundwork for it and now we have outbreak mode that we've all played together which is another uh open large open world concept that they're using so it's it's very curious to see like what is what they're actually going to do because i think if they switch the engine over um they can't even port guns over you know from one game to the next if they try to do an engine uh you know change the engine i think it's going to be an absolute nightmare and probably the you know the end of warzone's popularity yeah that's definitely interesting definitely uh about switching the engine because i'm like you know like now it's like you no know, more people getting the consoles and stuff i think like they should definitely put the energy into you know just just you know listening to the people and making a better a better game from uh, for uh you know the next call of duty or even just putting the energy into uh you know warzone i mean i, I mean think. i think people will be fine you know i don't see i don't see what cold wars engine is bringing to the table yeah it's worse yeah, by far it's bringing frustration <laughs> yeah i don't, I don't yeah it's not ultra realistic to me you know it's I, I felt i felt like it was kind of a step back actually with how things kind of looked from a realism perspective, absolutely, yeah. I haven't played. I haven't played Cold War multiplayer in probably two months. I just, I just didn't like it. Well, the good news about Warzone is that uh, Raven Software is the is the company that's taken over dealing with like the updates and everything in Warzone, and they had a tweet today where they banned thirteen thousand more cheaters. Nice. I think that you know brings them up to like 300,000, but that's such that's like a small percentage of the player base. But I'm trying to see. I have it written here. Uh, for the future, they're going to have enhancements to internal anti-cheat software, which you almost just don't even think there is any at all. It's additional detection technology, adding new resources dedicated to monitoring and enforcement, uh, regular communication updates on progress, more two-way dialogue. That's with us, the other uh, players. Uh, zero tolerance for cheap providers and then consistent and timely bans. That's kind of what their what their goal is. Uh, Raven Software, and that's I think that was from today that I read that March. Yeah, no, though it came out yesterday. So we'll see. Hopefully, I mean, if they can keep the cheaters and if they can limit that, and I'll be honest with you, in in the lobbies I've been getting into recently, I don't even think I've seen a cheater in a couple of days. I, I mean, well, let's say I haven't seen a cheater in maybe like six or seven hours. Which is that's I think that's I think that's significant. It's like noticeably better than in the past. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's kind of move on from uh, Warzone. Vance, you got anything you've been playing? Anything new? Nah, nothing new. Uh, I'm just waiting for like the show to uh, to come out. Um, uh, what's the name of that one game? Uh, so <laughs> I was gonna try to go the cheaper route of the show. Like uh, they have this game called I think it's uh. RBI, MLB, or MLB, RBI, whatever. Like, I think it came out either last Tuesday or the Tuesday before. And that it's like... That on um, Xbox? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's on Xbox. And uh, I went to Twitch, you know, because I'm like, let me see what people playing. And, man, it looked horrible. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to wait for the show. Like, I can't... Yeah, I haven't really heard <laughs> like, anything... Those half the price. I haven't really heard yeah. anything good about uh, that, that <clears throat> franchise on Xbox. Yeah, there hasn't been, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, I haven't played Xbox in seven years until recently, but I guess it's, it's been pretty void of baseball games on there. 
So MLB, it's a Sony title, right? It, Major League Baseball kind of made uh, made Sony give up the exclusive rights to it and said they wanted it across uh, multiple platforms. So it's a game developed by a Sony first party studio that's going to be uh, going to be on Xbox, which is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, nothing wrong with spreading the net, you know, let everybody get a little taste of it. Isn't the uh, the opposite is happening? We were talking about the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda's parent company, and apparently within uh, Bethesda is this art like Arcane Arcane Studios or something like that, right. and that's who's re- releasing Deathloop, um, which is so Deathloop, uh, is, their developer is now owned by Microsoft, and Deathloop is a timed PS uh, PlayStation or PS5, I think. Uh, exclusive. So it's weird that we're getting an intermingling of these exclusives that are going to uh, consoles that are contrary, you know, that are, you know, not the the console that actually owns the rights. <laughs> right. I think I think there is actually another uh, title too that a Bethesda studio that is coming to uh, PlayStation. Was it Ghostwire Tokyo? I, I haven't heard of that. What, what kind of game is one. it? It's an upcoming action-adventure game developed by Tango Gameworks and published by Bethesda Softworks for PlayStation 5. It's set to be re- released worldwide in October 2021. It must be a timed exclusive for PlayStation because it says it's also coming to Windows and Xbox Series X later. Yeah, late 2022 for Xbox. So it's a timed exclusive being developed by Bethesda for PlayStation. Is that year? Is that like a normal timed exclusive, uh, you know, amount Typically. of time? That seems... Yeah, six months to a year. Because um, I think the death loop is just six months, if I remember from what I read. Yeah, that's the uh, Groundhog Day. Well, how many targets? There's like eight different targets you have to assassinate in one in 24 hours in order to break the time loop and escape the island or wherever you're at, all while being hunted by another uh, assassin. And when you play multiplayer or the multiplayer version, the person who you're playing with takes the role of the assassin that's trying to hunt you to, to prevent you from assassinating the eight people. Yeah. I, I just, I think it sounds so cool, man. I'm just, I'm really interested to see what that's going to be like. I, I think I, that's one that I mentioned before that I'm going to be wanting to probably watch people play yeah. maybe more than I want to play it myself. I am just excited that we're getting closer and closer to actually getting some games for these consoles that are, that aren't, you know, two or three years old, you know, or indie titles with not a whole lot of uh, meat on the bone for me. But yeah, I'm just excited that we're actually getting some games in the near future. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing is let's get some full on exclusives for this new generation. That's kind of what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I don't really feel yeah. like uh, neither uh, uh, the, either council has really shown what they're capable of power wise. So when are those new games going to get here so we can see that power right yeah exactly now speaking of the power like have you like um have they talked about like the difference between like the 2.0 hdmi and the 2.1 like as far as like is there gonna be a big difference in that or eh? i don't know how much of a difference is going to be but from what i understand you need the 2.1 to get the 120 frames per second refresh rate is that the only benefit because i don't I don't. I think my HDMI cables are, right. are uh, yeah. I think they're old, man. So am I right. missing out? If your out TV's on not cap- if your TV's not capable of 120 frames per second, then it's not gonna matter. You might as well. well just stick I'm with almost positive that it is. I'm I'm almost positive that was something that I considered before I bought it like a year or so ago. Has no, that, so how long has that technology been common in TVs? 
it's pretty new. There's, I don't think there's a lot of TVs that yeah. have it. Yeah, I think when I looked it up, when they first announced it with the consoles, I think there were only like five, maybe, five uh, TVs on the market that had it. All right, you got the 75, Tony? I might have to go buy myself an 80 here. <laughs> yep. Restore, restore my TV amazing. dominance. It looks amazing. You know, I've been playing uh, the game that you played and talked about a few episodes ago, Days Gone, the Sony exclusive Days Gone, about the uh, uh, end of the world. The zombie, are they, they're not zombies, are they? They're called freakers, right? Yeah, well, I mean, are they zombies? I don't know how far you, I don't know how far you are into the. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, okay. So there's more to it. Uh, I'm not that far into it. I'm probably about mm, ten hours into the story. And when I first started playing it, you know, I I wasn't a fan of kind of how they they were doing like the cutscenes. It wasn't it didn't yeah. seem like uh, it was a very smooth transition from like gameplay to to cutscene and back and forth kind of like you would get with uh, like a Naughty Dog uh, studio game. But uh, I think this was a Sony Ben studio that did this, but I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling that uh, how they were doing the cutscenes. But now that I'm a little bit further into the game, it's kind of smoothed out and feels more natural. Um, yeah. So, but I'm really digging, I'm really digging it. It's, the, it's beautiful, beautiful game and riding on, a, uh, riding on your motorcycle and, I, it's kind of funny when like a we'll call him a zombie runs and flies to the air and knocks you off your motorcycle like you're trying to escape and like all of a sudden the zombie just comes flying out of nowhere and knocks you off and then you try you get up and you're like you have a decision to make do i try and go pick up my motorcycle or do i just run <laughs> for it right and i'm every time i make the wrong decision <laughs> I try to grab. I try to get my motorcycle because I don't want to run and then have to come back and get my motorcycle. Right? I just want to get my motorcycle and go. Um, so but, let me give you a pro t- pro tip real quick. Run. If you run away a little, yeah, run away. Um, and then there's a function where you can recall your bike to you. Oh no way. Yeah, if you're like you have to be a certain distance or something. But also if you are uh, if you're in any of the like the the camps or whatever they call. I think yeah, they're called camps. If you're in a camp and you talk to the mechanic, yeah. they will bring your uh, – they will – basically, you pay a little bit of money, and they'll restore your bike to the, to the location where you are. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'd like, uh, I like managing my fuel, trying to find ga- cans of gasoline from a motorcycle. I like that whole symmetry with, uh, with the motorcycle and in a, in a world full of zombies that are trying to chase you down, so – yeah, it's interesting too because that was like the biggest pain for me as, as at the start was that I didn't have enough fuel to get anywhere, and even you know so I'd always upgrade that first, and that's what you've told me that you did the same. You got the the gas right. uh, tank first upgrade, upgrade. <laughs> gas tank <Yeah>. upgrade. <laughs> but when I think about it, that's actually probably a really smart move because you're gonna explore you know uh, this whole world or a very you know large percentage of it, but if you had all the gas in the world you probably find yourself a little outside of where you needed to be or where it was going to be effective to kind of progress the story. So uh, I think there's probably more of a reason than just tick me off, which is kind of how I felt about it at the start. Right. Yeah. The only thing I would say uh, with kind of like the progression in the, in the game itself with your character, like you get skill points that you can put in, but I don't, it's very restrictive on how you can distribute those skill points. It's like, What's even the point of giving me a skill point if you're only going to give me like two options, two or three options to pick from? I'm like, so yeah. I, I feel like the the skill point system is very subdued 
and a lot of a lot of those like RPG element type stuff with like you know skills and and uh, crafting and it's kind of restrictive. So I didn't I didn't feel like that uh, those mechanisms in the game were were as much as they could have been. It could have been more fleshed out, but I'm enjoying the story. I, I, the world looks incredible, especially on my you know this big TV and in the motorcycle. So I, I definitely it... I definitely give it the, the game two thumbs up. That's what I'm enjoying. Oh it. yeah, so excellent oh, game. <laughs> and and oh, I, I not to give a spoiler, but I um I came across a bear. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I like that yeah. is a gigantic animal. Yeah, I, I think there's. Uh... I used every bullet I had, and I still couldn't kill that thing. I ended up ended up taking a grenade, placed next to a propane tank as it was walking by to kill the thing. Yeah, so the, you'll what you'll also find is when you've upgraded more of your your skills or perks or whatever they are, that you'll get um, an ability that if you get like tackled by by a zombie or a, you know dep- you know human whatever it is that uh, you can actually do like a critical hit as you escape. Okay. And uh, so I've had it where I was attacked by a, a bear and like the entire fight was, you know, nine or 10 seconds because I was lucky enough to time my critical hit. You know, you have a little window and I was able to get it and it's like, okay, well, let me go find another bear to tackle me because that was really, you know, like it was, it was really easy. But of course, it's very situational. Yeah. So I, I played that game and then I've played a lot of games. I've been pretty busy with the games, but uh, one game I played here the other day on Game Pass, I was just kind of laying there on the you know, and trying to find something like I, I've said before, you know, scrolling through the catalog for the hundredth time. I saw this game called Fractured Minds and I looked at the, the file size and it was like, uh, you know, one gigabyte. I don't even know. I don't even think it was that much. And I'm like, well, this will take like a minute maybe to download. And it seems pretty quick. And I read the description on it and it said uh, a game about people with that were having trouble with uh, mental health and not that I was having trouble with mental health, but I was like, Oh, that's curious. That's a curious description. Right. So I, I decided I would download it and just to see what, what it was. And uh, I've started playing. It took me about 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes to complete the game. And it's, it's got like six levels to it. And it's very, it's a very simple puzzle game, you know, and each level is its own different, um, uh, environment or whatever and it was it was more of an experience in a game right I mean it is a game but it's more of an experience and that's pretty much what I was kind of expecting right to think that based on the description that uh, that it would be more of an experience so I played it and you know I finished it and I looked up uh, I looked up uh, some background on it and Amazingly, this this game was made by a 17-year-old from uh, London, England. Her name's Emily Mitchell, and she suffers from anxiety. She won the BAFTA Young Game Designers Award. There was a YouTube video that I watched where they interviewed her, and she was talking about how you know she suffers from anxiety, and and she loved video games because it kind of helped her with her with her uh, anxiety. And then she thought, well, it'd be kind of cool just to make a game, so I did. <laughs> and then she was talking about how she got invited you know she got notified that she was up as a finalist for this uh this award 
So she was going to the train station, and while she was at the train station, she had an anxiety attack, and she almost went back home. But she she's like, no, I'm gonna go, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this. So she goes, and then she ends up winning the award. That was in 2019. <laughs> here I am playing the game, you know, here in Middle Tennessee on my Xbox Game Pass. And I was like, wow, this girl is pretty impressive. You need to watch the YouTube video. I'm going to put the YouTube link in the uh, podcast description. So for our listeners out there, if you want to, uh, to see a YouTube video. And it's video. short, too. It's a yeah, short, short little, yeah. It's, it's only it's, like six it, or seven minutes. But she's the, the sweetest girl. Definitely I was cheering for uh, just watching the, the YouTube video. So. If you want to check out her game, she made this by herself called Fractured Minds. It's on Xbox Game Pass, and it's on. Uh, you can find it also on PlayStation uh, in the PlayStation Store. Though I think it's 89 cents in the PlayStation Store, but if you have uh, Xbox Game Pass, it's it's part of the Game Pass. So it's interesting to me that she made this as like a a way to help folks that have uh, anxiety or other kind of health issues related to you know whatever if it's a you know, mental illnesses, or, or I'm not even sure if they're classified as such, but, you know, it's something she did to help people that are afflicted, and in doing so directly has made me feel like a piece of garbage for accomplishing nothing with my life. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was, a, I think uh, there's an organization called Safe in Our World. It's promoting video games as a safe place for people. I, I think we've probably heard of it before, but we just didn't really pay attention to it. Um, until we video games that they say it is a safe place. <laughs> What's that? Duty. Not Call of Duty? Yeah. But, you know, you should check out the website. I'm going to put this, the, the Safe in Our World website uh, address in the, in the description, too. I actually went there today just to check out and see what they had there. And there was actually some very good articles on a bunch of different video games that, you know, they, they consider great options for people that have, have some sort of a mental health uh, issue going on. So that is going to be something I'm going to do right now, just deciding is a challenge to myself is I'm going to go to this website. Uh, I'm probably going to ask you to text it to me because I don't want to wait till you post this and find some of the games. And I'm going to, uh, you know, play, you know, find something to play because, you know, as much as like, when I hopped into Warzone today, uh, first game right off the rip, I got, uh, you know, got shot in the back right on landing or whatever and i said out loud is it too early to say that i hate this game <laughs> right and and uh and of course everyone's answer was no and it's like because i absolutely hate this game and i find i say that all the time when i'm playing warzone um but when it comes down to it you know these games and the way that we're spending our time absolutely affects our mental health right and um i think that it's important like playing uh, you know, I think even the game you're you're playing now, Days Gone, it's such a different style, you know, and it's not as you're you're not on your edge at the edge of your seat the whole time, but then there's appropriate times for that or whatever. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two was another one that was just uh, captivating in so many ways, and it just I'll tell you, I enjoyed playing Red Dead Redemption Two a lot more uh, than I enjoy playing any Call of Duty I've ever played, you know, even though I find I play more Call of Duty than most other things. Um, so I'm going to find something on this list and I'm going to play a, 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 you know, a positive mental health game. Yeah. And then uh, you, we'll see if I'm, you know, less cranky on the next podcast or whatever, but I think that'll be a good, <laughs> yeah, a just good a, challenge. Yeah, you can just do a search uh, uh, yeah. safe in our world. That's what I did. I just searched it on Google safe in our world. 
come up. All right. So by the end of this podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe peek through this and choose what I'll. Uh, yeah, some of the articles in there are pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, you know, Vance. You know, we actually have somebody at our work who suffers from PTSD, right? And mm-hmm. his doctor prescribes for him to play video games. I won't mention their name, but this guy, he was in the Marines and he was a sniper and he has quite a few kills under his belt um, as a sniper. He's the nicest guy. You probably right. uh, you probably know who I'm talking about, but he's a little hard of hearing nowadays. Man, this guy's got some serious war stories to tell. And yeah, and he loves his video games. He's, every time I see him, yeah. he's like, hey, have you played this? You know, uh, it, it, he gets all into it. He gets excited to talk about them. So, he's yeah. uh he's one of yeah he he's one of yeah we'll have to discuss this off air but um but yeah I have an interesting story about him but um yeah man speaking of mental health man it's 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 crazy man because uh our first game of war zone uh Clint was a little different um it was a little kid <clears throat> you know he's making you know like sexual noises and stuff like that so I'm like I'm gonna mute him like straight off the rip so then Buck is um he stayed in whatever like that and uh. So, uh, you know, me and Clutch, we muted the little kid with him like that. So it's like, let's see what's, um, you know, going on. So Bucky was like, okay, yeah, okay, now you said it. Uh, you know, now what? So immediately when Bucky said that, I knew what he said. The guy, the little kid had said the N-word. And, they, and the little kid couldn't be no older than 13, 14, something like that. And I'm just like, and this is a regular thing for us on Call of Duty. Like, if we don't go in there with a full squad, like, we get somebody and doesn't matter like we we met people from other parts of the world and that's their go-to and we're just like all right we're going to 2k you know what i'm saying it's just video games can be very toxic <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like I, they can be very toxic man it's stupid i watched a, a youtube video and it's one of the things that was just timing everything it was absolutely perfect and hilarious but then it makes you feel so bad at the same time and it was a guy who did a uh speed run in Call of Duty to see how uh, how long it would take for someone to uh, either say or call him the N word, and he he's got the timer on the screen, he's got it all official. He gets he gets starts the game. He goes, all right, what's what's up, guys? And then immediately, it's like a second, it's there. And the way he cuts the video and the way he does it is just absolutely hilarious. And then you're it's done, and you're sitting there thinking like that like how are people like this? You know like. And that is why I will tell you that I have had my, um, ever since I can remember, ever since maybe it's been an option, I have muted everyone except who's in my party. Like, I never, I never hear any of that. If I join someone else's or it's glitched out or whatever, I'll mute everyone and I'll just unmute, you know, you know, if we're doing a, playing with randoms or whatever, which I hardly ever do for almost the same reason. It's just toxic, man. Right. It's not, it's, it's, it affects you negatively in ways you don't maybe see. Yeah, and it's crazy because, you know, my thing is like you know like like companies know like this is going on i mean the world knows this is going on so it's like when you have the playstation with the built-in mic and stuff like that and like you have to go through all these you know like things like the kind of like you know mute your sound and like you said like and like it's not just like two pushes of a button like when the xbox i had to go and watch a whole youtube video you know how to do that like you said like mute everybody but who's in my party and i'm just like you know like that like there's got to be measures in place or it's like but then when you look at society as a whole like nobody really cares honestly that's that's just how i feel about it like it's just do you mean no one could you uh what do you mean when you say no one cares well like this is something that like 
just keeps going on. So let's say if you have 100 people, right? If you have 100 people and 99 are, let's say, they're good. But this one feels comfortable enough to stay around the 99. So it's like, let's say, well, for the one person, let's say it's it's 98. So you have one person that's being attacked, the one person that's being attacked, and 98 people that's just around. And that one person that's doing attacking feels so comfortable to be around the 98 because they know the 98 isn't going to do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. The complacency in that, and that's right. something that um, when you see, you know, some of the way that at least for me it feels like things have been changing over the past couple of years and things being said that, you know, are somehow acceptable or maybe encouraged by half our population and then disparaged by the other half. You know, these people that have these feelings are, are learning that they don't need to be quiet about them, and, and that is probably the most upsetting thing about kind of where we're at and everything in the world i guess yeah then now we're we're to a place where it's like we never corrected it but now it's like every culture like every walk of life well you know we feel the same way so now you see all these hashtags of all these cultures and i'm just like okay all right i mean it's cool i feel your pain but i feel like now it's just one of the things where it's just you know, until we leave the surface, it's just going to keep going on because now everybody feel like they, you know, are in that situation. And it's like, dang, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And there's also the, uh, the, the big, one of the hot button things is cultural appropriation, you know. So it's, right. you know, love and respect everybody, but not too much, you know. Right. So it's, it's interesting. And the fact that uh, Call of Duty is just this, Everyone knows. Everyone knows exactly what you're going to get. Like, the very first thing I did when I downloaded Cold War was go in and figure out how to mute everybody. <laughs> like, that was, there was not, like, I didn't change my sensitivity. I didn't change, look at my controls. I'm like, audio. I got to mute everyone. Right. Because uh, I just don't want to deal with that garbage. You just go into a lobby and you're minding your own business and people are just, like, targeting people <laughs> randomly to just, you know, we troll them for their fun to, right. to get their own kicks anyway right. Clint you said you had a, a, a little secret game that you played uh, you want to talk about what, what game that was uh, yes but first I want to give you each a million guesses you could take one each a secret game a secret game let me see it has to be on Playstation 5 I'm going to assume so I'm gonna go Rocket League. That's actually a good guess. All right, Tony, what do you got? What do you think I'm secretly playing? I think Tony's looking at your God game of War. Right <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna tell you that we're we're actually recording this from our homes, but we're in a PlayStation party system, and I realized that I had it on when I joined the party, and so I literally. Like 20 or 30 minutes ago, I went and said, oh, man, I need to exit out of the game completely so they can't view it on the uh, – when they look at this. <laughs> that was the one thing. If they had looked at it early, I would have been screwed. But, okay, so I was doing what Tony has talked about so many times recently and going through, in this case, the PlayStation list of all these games. And I think I mentioned before that I accidentally purchased some – whatever, it's like PlayStation Now or something. Right. Um is that what it's called? Yeah. So I accidentally now. purchased that by being an idiot. So, you know, you just take what you get in life, I guess. But I scrolled through the whole thing, and I kind of saw something. It's alphabetical order, apparently. 
and I got to the S's, and I looked at it, I'm like, all right, if I don't see anything else that I want to play, I'm going to come back up to that. And so I uh, downloaded and have played a little bit, not a lot yet, uh, Street Fighter V. And guys, it's the Champions Edition. And uh, let me tell nice. you, nice. kind of underwhelming. Uh, I basically remember you ever when you were playing as a kid and your friend would come over who had never played the game, but they could mash the buttons right. so good. Yep. I, I'm that friend right now. I'm <laughs> kind of trying to step into that role, and I am just repeatedly smashing the buttons. It's like, So it's an arcade style, you know, 2D um, where I'm just going to attack whoever on the other side. And it's definitely a major change of pace, and it's something that I've found out. I might Street spend... Fighter V Championship Edition? Uh, let me Champion look at Edition? it here. It is, yeah, Street Fighter V Champion Edition. Well, it just so happens, Clint, I have that game. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah, ready. So, yeah, are you ready. throwing down the gauntlet? What's happening yeah, right now? I'm throwing down a button smashing gauntlet. Let's see who can oh, smash the yeah. buttons better than right. another person. All right. I'm gonna propose something right now. Okay. One v one, me bro. Right now, we'll we'll do the sharing thing. For one game, Vance will watch it, uh, and we'll do it live on the podcast. Okay, well, I got to download it first. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, sounds, uh, are you Yeller, right? Sounds a little chicken over there. Yeah, okay. I'm downloading it right now. 8%. I'm staring right at the, at the, at the, at the meter. 13%. Vance, 14%. You're the hype man. You got to choose how you, who, who, whose side you're on. I feel like I kind of already know, but it's okay. Hey, well, 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 it depends on the characters, you know, because, hey, man. You gotta go with the characters, man. I mean, I mean, like if somebody pick, you know, Zangief, I don't know, I don't know if I can root for that, you know. <laughs> so I mean, that's are very good Zangiefer, you know what I'm saying? I uh, I don't know any of the characters. Uh, I don't know Ooh. any of the moves, and I've played as a really big fat guy who eats donuts when he wins. Okay, so it's even, because I am a really fat, big fat guy that eats donuts, and um, I have haven't played this game. I, I own the game. Because it was a PlayStation uh, Plus game, and I grabbed it, so yeah, I'm we're to see we're equal. Okay, all right, I'm excited. Uh, a little nervous, like kind of first nervous. date nerves, but uh, we're, we're, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna uh, it's a battle for the ages. It is. Uh, well, for uh, for, for the listeners, I just started to download what 45 seconds ago. We're already at 90 percent on the download. So, Ooh, uh, SSD. Uh, for the listeners, uh, just real quick, whatever happens, I uh, hacked into Tony's computer after he edited this to to say that I did win. He may have said it differently, but I did win the game. All right, so whatever he's gonna play after this, you know, it's you don't know. I'm gonna bring the heat, Tony. I'm gonna bring the heat. How many games did you play today? I've played about 20 minutes. Oh, today, ten minutes. Mm. I did the training yesterday. Okay. With the training. Yeah. So you just know how to punch and kick. All right. Not very effectively, but yes. You don't even know what's going to happen to you. I have no clue. No clue. I don't even know how to throw a punch. Tony, uh, you just push all the buttons because that's what I'm going to do. Okay. All right. Playing on the Forgotten Waterfall. 
What 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 is this? I'm literally seeing an ad. Oh, <laughs> this game is horrible. Okay, I'm just gonna let you know right now. I'm uninstalling this. This is this we we're we're path done. Path of my destiny. This is the path of my destiny. And we say the same thing because. Yeah. Fight. Oh oh oh. Wait wait. <laughs> no fair. You're ten minutes of practice. Kill me. <laughs> Stop. Oh, that's how you kick. <laughs> uh, I think I got a win too. Yeah, barely. <laughs> I mean, I have like 60% health. I'm just saying. <laughs> I can jump, but I can't throw the, the kick and the jump at the same time. I'm trying to do a thing and I'm doing it really bad. Oh, it's getting close! Oh, oh my look at that! Look at that! One percent health. Okay, you kept it interesting. What? You yeah. kept it interesting. <laughs> Final round, Tony. All tied up. Ooh. No! <laughs> oh. oh, that at least was decisive, that one. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. You lose. All right, Clint, you got the best one. I am, <laughs> I am the champion of Street Fighter V Champions Edition, and I am immediately uninstalling this game. <laughs> and I am going to play for this uh, for this week for the mental health uh, uh, awareness, whatever it was, the way we decided for my own mental health. I will be playing Ghost of Tsush uh, Tsushima, Ooh, which nice. you have played. And did you did you platinum it? I platinum it. So the gauntlet has been thrown down. Yeah, oh. I'm not going to do that. A hundred percent, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, but uh, I will play it this week. Play it enough to be good enough to play the co-op with me. Because it's multiplayer, so we can run okay. co-op missions. Absolutely. You have it still installed still? I can Yeah, I know, but I can install it. No problem. Okay, that's some great video game discussion this week. Now let's jump over to another topic. This past week, this past Friday, was the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. Before we go any further, if you don't want to hear any spoiler talk, you might want to you know, turn the podcast off right now because we're about to cover Falcon and Winter Soldier and we're going to probably be spoiling it for you. So here's your fair warning. I'll give you a countdown. Five, four, three, two. One. Alright guys, what did you guys think about Falcon and Winter Soldier? So Vance and I actually talked about it the other day. What? You talked about right it. In front of, right in front of you. Do you Is remember... Is there some sort of code or rule here about talking well, we... without the other person? Especially... Uh... Yeah, we... <laughs> we broke it. 
<laughs> so do you remember while we were, you know, sitting, you know, seven feet away from you because we social distance plus one, uh, and I said, I hate that guy's face. Do you remember how we talked a lot about how much we hated that guy's face? We were talking about whoever this new Captain America is at the end of the episode. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, the face, yeah. You didn't like the guy's face? Nope. No. I hated it with everything inside me, and I know that I'm supposed to. What is it like about the, the guy's face that you don't like? Since we're jumping Vance right to the end. <laughs> I think Vance said it perfectly. Hey, he's, he's got a weak jaw. Weak jaw. <laughs> weak jaw, man. If you want to defend the United States, you better have a strong jaw. Man, I didn't know you could take a punch, you know? Right. He looked I mean, like you hit him and his teeth coming out. Right. So, where did they get this guy from? I'm like, did, it, did they just roll some guy out there in a Captain America outfit and say, hey, this is our hero? I mean, who's, who is this guy? Yeah, I, I don't know, but I hate him. Hate is you know such what else a strong I word. But go ahead. When I, so, so, the episode starts with this amazing, uh, you know, save this officer or whatever who's uh, been kidnapped on this plane and then they're jump, they're in the uh, paragliding, what do what they call those suits? Wingsuits? They're in wingsuits. They're in the fancy wingsuits going like chopper to chopper. Action-packed, right? Incredible. But then, oh, amazing. Over the top. But then George St. Pierre... <laughs> Former UFC welterweight champion of of multiple years is like speaking in French to the guys and then like being the villain. And immediately when I saw his face, I got taken out of the show. I was like, "What? <laughs> Who?" Like, and I'm thinking they got Gina Carano over there doing uh, Mandalorian. Now we got this guy over here. I'm like, can they just stay in their lane? Because he doesn't seem like he's much of an actor. But Right. I quickly recovered, and then I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the uh, the show. I thought it was a little bit all over the place, but uh, it seems as though it's a little bit of a stronger start than WandaVision. Yeah, I think that um the 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 start, you know, like with the whole WandaVision thing, like I think it's like I mean, there's no way you can start that off slow. I mean, like uh. You know, the one that stole your Falcon. I mean, like, I mean, it's just not. I mean, the heroes, man, heroes and killers. Don't forget killers. But, I mean, I yeah. love the show, man. It's very interesting. They really humanized them, I thought, in a lot of ways. Um, just showing them in a therapist or going to get the loan and all that. And I, I thought it was interesting, and it's really developing a lot of areas that the show can kind of uh, – branch off into yeah i uh i uh, as far as uh the start of the show i'm like i thought it was a little over the top and like he totally was getting his butt whooped by these guys in wingsuits and helicopters you know shooting missiles at him but i thought he would handle them a little bit better than he did but credit to the guy that was on the uh humvee that followed them the whole way and managed to keep up yeah at 500 plus miles per hour in the air. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Right. So I, I thought the I thought the the start was you know action packed, you know, but you know little things like that. You know what happened to the rest of the Humvees? You know, and what happened? I thought somebody else was driving the Humvee, and they just showed him by himself, and kind of took me yeah, out. I think the little inconsistencies yeah. in that stuff kills me. 
Yeah, I think is it was they um they were scared to cross the the, the border, so it was like because you figure you know they had of course you know last second you know pull pull away, but uh yeah I, I think that's what that was like the other Humvees was like no they didn't want want to get too close to the uh to the border. Yeah, I guess so. Little things like that do kind of take me out of the immersion on the show, but. I thought that the uh, rest of the show was, like you said, very down-to-earth, showed, you know, is his name Sam? Yep, Sam. Sam, you know, having to deal with his sister and his parents' boat and trying to get a loan from the bank, and even though the, the bank guy recognized who, for him for who he was, it didn't make a difference in the end. You're like, I'm still not going to give you this loan, but can I get a selfie with you? That, was, that person was probably one, you know, just most annoying no people ever. I, I don't know how he didn't reach across the table and just be <laughs> just not out of it. Right. And it's interesting because we're getting more of this, uh, you know, post Thanos world. We're going to talk about that because he was one that was snapped away, right? That's what they were talking about in the show that just gone for five years. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't remember if he, he was one of them that was a victim of the snap, but I'm assuming from the way they're talking. Uh, was the Winter Soldier one, too? I don't remember. He, I think he was, because I can remember him popping up at the end of uh, Endgame. Right. He was He was in that group. Uh, both of them were, and I think they were reinforcements, right? Because they weren't, you know, around for the entire movie until the yeah. very end. But he talked about that with his sister, right? Because she was like five years, you're just gone, whatever. Well, she's living life and working through this. Unless I'm, you know switching their positions I, I i was pretty sure it was him that was snapped out of existence for that time yeah i think you're probably right from just the way that the dialogue was going um the winter soldier or bucky him going and hanging out with that the, the asian guy whose son he killed boy talk about inflicting oh, yeah. pain on yourself and his thing he's going through and he's like making his you know writing his wrongs or whatever and when he stops that car or he punches the guy out and all that and he's just like just trying to get face to face with this woman to make amends in like the the most just no effort way like so much effort to get the face to face to put so little effort into the conversation you know it's it's very interesting and the time with the he's talking to the shrink yeah um very uh i think kind of counterintuitive what we were hearing in that conversation but you know with the big captain america reveal at the end you know and sam is kind of sitting there with his head down going man i should have taken that shield that's my fault you know that's kind of the vibe i got he didn't he didn't feel like he was worthy of it right right and this schmuck certainly isn't i can tell you that much right it's Mm -hmm. pretty disgraceful so i think what that's setting up is the uh, the journey of him taking the shield, right? And him, you know, he, he's going to come for what is, you know, rightfully his at this point. And I think that's probably the journey we're going to watch for this uh, series. But it's not like he can just go take it now. I mean, I mean he's got to wait for the other guy. Punch that guy in the jaw. That guy's going to go out. Like and he's going to immediately nothing. get arrested by the U.S. government for attacking uh, their hero. He's got like a jetpack wingsuit <laughs> thing. And now he has the right. shield, so what are they going to do? Arrest his sister. That's what I would do. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's never have you in a position of power because that's kind of scary. <laughs> hey, you want leverage, right? Want hey, leverage, you got to go for the family, okay? Family. I'm saying. Right. <laughs> we, don't wow. me- we don't mess around. Right. <laughs>
I don't know. I think I think it's interesting. Like, we'll we'll see it. So, I don't know why I hate this guy so much. This uh, new Captain America or whatever it is. But I already like I legitimately do not trust him. And I and I, and I think part of that is he is the representation of this you know uh, betrayal against Sam, right? But I'm, I'm I don't expect it's not the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and old Nochin. Right, so that guy is just going to be an obstacle that they will overcome. Is what I'm expecting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I thought it was a good strong start. You could definitely see where it was supposed to be first in the order of shows because they even they even referenced they were talking about we need a new generation of heroes. I, I would say that was supposed to be the kicking off point right there at that moment. You know? Yeah. Oh, and, you one know, they, to beat you out budget, <laughs> That budget for the first ten minutes was outlandish. You know, whereas WandaVision, we had uh, very, Black like, I don't know, black and white 1950s <laughs> like, era, you know, like, they spent $32 on that first episode. Um, $32. But this, yeah, but this one, you they know, they spent refund, millions, they, sure. they just They just refunded their uh, glass milk bottles to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, folks, well, thanks for tuning in tonight. Good Game Radio Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Check out uh, Tony and Mance's Twitch channels. Um, Whiskey Jack, that's two J's, and then Sent from Heaven. Sent, and that's F-R-M, Heaven. Also check out Vance's lovely wife, Lady Swish, on Twitch. And then uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys all next week. Have a great one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.